September 1990, and we are back with uh, Living in the Past. My shana, name. Shana, shana, shana. Oh. <laughs> My name is Paul. <laughs> and I'm with, uh, coming in at the last minute because uh, yeah. someone cancelled, uh, Ben. Thanks, someone. <laughs> Remember when you said, and we won't see you again? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stop shana, predicting shana. that I'm not going to see you. Shana. What's that? I'm stealing Bailey Sarian's music for my oh, uh, yes, okay. my homecoming. Oh, that's a callback. It is. I don't see any correspondence from her yet, so <sighs> it'll come. She's been busy. Is it because I call it correspondence? Because <laughs> <laughs> your uh, letter hasn't arrived to her yet due to COVID. <laughs> uh, we are going to start off our episode as we start off every episode with uh, living in the now. So what have you been listening to, watching? Let's stick with what I've been watching because you are in for a treat. Okay. I don't know how I forgot to even mention this to you beforehand. Mm -hmm. I went and saw Unhinged. Ooh. Yeah. Russell Mm Crowe. The end. (laughs) Is it good? I don't know. Uh, It's not (laughs) as... your response to that? (laughs) I write reviews for the newspaper, that you know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, well, I thought it was going to be terrible. Okay. We went to see Fair it. Call. We went to see it because we thought it was going to be awful. Um, and obviously, in parts, it was atrocious. Oh, did it, but was it not funny atrocious that you could laugh at it because you'd be like the... Yeah, it wasn't the room. Right, yeah. Um, it didn't want to be the room, which was disappointing. Is it set in Australia? No, it's set in not a major city in America, I think. Which and he is... plays Australian or American? Or... <laughs> Who fucking knows? <laughs> um, I think he's supposed to be from the South, but then that fades away and then... Is he fully bearded in this? Yeah. Oh, nice. It's fat Eddie Vedder in this. <laughs> no, sorry. That's mean. Uh, he's John Goodman. I watched John Goodman last night. No, I wish I watched John Goodman last night. I watched King Ralph. But we'll talk about that next season. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. It was somewhat like spoilers. Uh, not too much spoilers. He gets injured. Okay. And you know he's like he can't do <laughs> didn't, things. Didn't get up too fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he sounded like. Um, so he gets hurt, and then you know he can't do things because of this injury that has occurred to his person, and then. It's like every now and then the director just whispers out, Russell, remember that you're hurt. And he goes, oh. <laughs> so it's like, it's, dude, you've been shot in the arm. Don't just go, ooh. Is it um, Workers Compo the movie? <laughs> Sadly, no. It was a bit more full on than I thought. There's a couple um, scenes where you, you don't see it coming. So there, okay. was, there are some good little shocks. Um, overall, it was pretty bad. Yeah, okay. I don't want to see it. No. Um, I have been mostly watching 1991 movies, but we won't get into that right now. Oh. Um, I did watch, uh, because I've been watching the BuzzFeed Unsolved, I watched, um, renewed my interest in D.B. Cooper. And there's only one movie Ooh. that you can actually watch. Well, I'm sure there's like plenty of other docos, but like the 2004 classic Without a Paddle, starring Dax oh. Shepard, Matthew Lillard and uh, the guy from Robot Chicken. Um, uh, Seth. Seth Green. Green. Right. Um, have you ever heard of it? I know the movie. I don't know what it has to do with D.B. Cooper. They go looking for his money. 
Ah, that's why they're on the. That's why they're without a paddle. I don't get the reference. Well, not the Cooper without a paddle, but like they. So like one of they. So it's, the it's paddle has, isn't a Cooper reference. No, no. But like there's right. there's four friends, and one of them dies, and he leaves them like a map to where he thinks DB Cooper's. If you've not heard of DB Cooper, um, basically a guy who. Uh, um, mid mid flight on a aeroplane uh, conducted a heist um, had a bunch of money and jumped out of the plane no one ever saw him again and no one ever saw the money again pretty um, amazing story until 2004's without a <laughs> which also <laughs> well, stars solved. remember when Burt Reynolds was just putting himself in every movie and like the, thought that's all he ever did no he like so this is like peak like I'm just gonna like pay for my new beach house with uh, a cameo in Without a paddle. I mean, why wouldn't you? It was pretty bad, but like we we got through it. Um, I gave it the one and a half on Loadbox. <laughs> um, I won't I won't spoil it for you. Um, you can if you want. <laughs> I mean, we what was that two thousand and two? Two thousand four. Oh, I was gonna guess two thousand four. Yeah, man. I uh, I remember uh, renting it out and thinking, I'm never gonna watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Sixteen years later. <laughs> Uh, and I also watched uh, Predators because I'd, I'd watched uh, Predator 1 and 2 and I realised that I couldn't find the third one, the one with Adrian Brody in it. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. 2010, I think. Yeah, I do remember that. It's not as bad as I, I, what I remember. Like, it was it was quite fun to watch mm. Adrian Brody get shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the, the worst part of that is... Um, uh, the dude from that semi show, uh, the main guy, Topher. Yeah, Topher Grace. He plays. I'm assuming like he's like the new James Woods. No, because he. I think he he's better than James Woods. No, I just I just think that he doesn't have to try very hard to be a shit. Like he's mm. just like, I think it's. Wouldn't that be more of a Jason Bateman type role? Yeah, he's 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 got a bit of Woods about him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, someone I found out recently that's like it's like he's like joyless on a set. I can't remember what it is. Be Jason Bateman. Oh, he's speaking of, of uh, we watched Paul. So I, we did all the uh, Edgar Wright films. Yeah, yeah. Even though Paul wasn't an Edgar Wright film, <laughs> it shows. Um, although better than The World's End. Yeah, that's still not very good. It's still no, it does nothing for me. Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Uh, the bar is so high. World's End pretty could have. Let, you could have waited a few more years and made it like real good. I think they sort of rushed to the gate because I think Peg was getting like big. Yeah, like, we gotta nail him down. Yeah, and it shows that he's big. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna think of that actor. That's a shit on set. set <laughs> um, he's a comedy actor, but he's actually like he's like real, real um, serious, and I can't remember. Anyway, um, we're gonna go into events and. In September 1990, it was uh, basically the Gulf War was hotting up. Uh, Saddam was taking shots at everyone. Um, not literal shots, but like... <laughs> <laughs> he might have been. Um, but he was, he was basically uh, baiting uh, a lot of the Western countries <laughs> to, uh, to come and get me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just found out yesterday that... Um, the world record, Guinness world record for masturbating was 10 hours straight. <laughs> I didn't know that Saddam was uh, in the running for it. <laughs> it was an awkward press conference. <laughs> <laughs> really long one as well. Yeah. <laughs> the suspense. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, apart from that, like this is like, and um, as we said uh, last month, um, there's uh, plenty of other uh, podcasts. I actually um, uh, gave you some choices at the end of our last episode if you want to have a look, look more into the Gulf War and some books as well. But um, yeah, it was it was definitely still a time where everyone was a bit uneasy. Um, <laughs> You're still thinking about masturbating, <laughs> so we're gonna go on to we're gonna we're going on to movies. Okay, all right. Here's here's movies. Wow, we're just we're just glossing over events these days. I was gonna say it was there wasn't even segment music for events there. No, no, it was. Okay. I look. I realize that we're like we we are doing we we are mostly talking about pop, pop culture in the nineties like that's just that's, that's kind of our our wheelhouse here but we will stuff that sort of interchanges with it we will um, cover so um, but September apart from the Gulf War heating up is a bit of a slow month um, feel free to uh, prove me wrong <laughs> well I was gonna I did have an event of mine but it's it's a little bit dark so I don't know if I really want to get in, into it well let's let's follow up your uh, your masturbation. <laughs> Comment with some dark stuff. Come on. Actually, it's not that. Uh, it's not that far off. Okay. Um, oh. Just no. Just generally, you know, looking into mysteries and such, and un- unsolved is our thing at the moment. Yeah, but if you just put into a Google search "nineteen ninety unsolved," you just come up with unsolved mystery episodes. <laughs> over yes. and over and over. But if you go through a few pages, you find out about a uh, sex worker that went missing. Okay. Um, I won't go into full detail. It came up because uh, one of the streets nearby was Adelaide Street, but okay. it's actually in Wolverhampton, England. Right. Um, and she went missing. She was last seen near a tractor. They found her body a couple of days later. One of her friends told people that she knew who it was, but never said who it was. <sighs> and then three months later, she also went missing. Really? Yeah. And they're both. It's never been N- never been solved. Either of them. It's. <sighs> Yeah, being, was, a, being a sex worker, full stop, but a sex worker, like, 70s, 80s, 90s, like, fucking good on you for trying to make a living. I was talking to someone recently, and we were talking about, because he'd watched the Night Stalker um, docker that's on... Yeah, yeah, the Yorkshire yeah. Ripper one? Yeah, oh, no, yeah. no, no, no there's, there's a Yorkshire Ripper and there's also a Night Stalker one. Okay. So the, and he's, like, saying, and all he can sort of get from these docos is that Police were just really shit back in the day. Um, like the yeah. Yorkshire Ripper one. Did you watch that? Yeah, most of it. When basically they said like they had him. Yeah. And they they let him go because he didn't um have the same voice or something like that. Yep. They and went so much just based on the voice and it turns out completely wrong. Spoiler alert, because I know like a lot of oh. people sort of uh, watch those ones for that. You know, when you watch like a true crime doctor, it's like I know pretty much about this case. I'm waiting for like that that fact that I don't know. Yeah, that's the there's still plenty know. of that though. Yeah, and it came from a really cool angle as well. That one. Yeah, so um, definitely still check it out. But like, man, like you know, even like going back because we were talking about case file, um, and he was talking about some of the, the cases here in Adelaide, and I made the suggestion that like, look, I know stuff happened back in the day too, but like, <laughs> it's Adelaide. South Australia, yeah. like, how busy are you <laughs> as a cop? <laughs> it's like you could probably put the entire half the force on it in 1960s, 1970s Adelaide. Yeah, but if you put half a force of morons on something, <laughs> true. <laughs> what are you going to find? It's just going to get more morons. Yeah. Uh, well, also, you know, a cab. That's. <laughs> and with that, let's go on to film. <laughs> 
Now, this uh, probably one of the most the biggest landmark films of the year came out in September. Uh, one that at the time was actually not that well received. Oh shit! Did you um, tell me about this? Uh, Goodfellas. Oh, Goodfellas oh. when it came out was not liked. Um, yeah, it was uh, just seen as um, just like sort of a mob, uh, another mob movie. Yeah, um, a paler sort of um, Godfather. Uh, the Italian Americans Association were not happy with their. Just... <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, but this is, is that not what it's like. This is a movie that um, when when I did uh, I was on a radio show. Nearly every guest had this on their list, and we uh, we as talk, like a top ten as a top ten. But like we used to do top tens, and like that, like this this movie was always on the top ten list, and we would talk about it ad nauseum. And then I watched it again recently and i'm like my so you hadn't watched it for a long time i sort of catch it uh, half like if uh, it's one of those movies that if i catch it like halfway through i'll watch the rest of it because i i really like the the last scene the last 30 minutes where ray Liotta's like coked out of his brain and thinks yeah. and then sees the the helicopter and he's like and he's also going back home to like roll meatballs but then also like pick up guns from robert de niro and it's just like it's this it's just a really really good sequence of film so um and that's what this I've worked out like when I watch this again like it's 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 a bunch of sequences put together but I don't know whether that makes it <laughs> you make a film I know <laughs> but like sort of these tentpole scenes like, like it's but whether that makes a film sort of thing like it's like there is a there is a a narrative going through there but I mean I would have loved to see more about the the heist oh so this uh to ruin it with a personal analogy mm. No Code is my favorite Pearl Jam album because mm. all the songs are great, but as an album, they don't go together. Incoherent. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, just, it's kind of like that because, like, you know, you got the you got the the, the Thunder Heist that they talk about for ages of the movies, and then like you only see like the before and after. Yeah. And the after is great because you got Layla that Layla scene where like they go around and kill everyone <laughs> is awesome. Like, like, yeah, I guess. Well, I mean that like it's if just you like killing. Well. Do you like killing Paul? <laughs> Scorsese's good at um, syncing up, like like with um, Tarantino. He's good with syncing up like the right music to the right movies and the and the scenes and stuff like that. So, um, kind of an anti woman film. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it is. I was listening to um, there's a, um, a podcast called The Canon with Amy Nicholson, and she. Uh, she, I, I listened to it just just after I watched the film again for the first time, and she's like, and it's very true. Um, she said that every woman in this movie is the reason that someone, like a man, like goes to jail or something like that. Like, yep. like it's like his, it's usually one of his mistresses or his wife. You know, he flushes their the stash down the toilet, and like, how annoying is it how they got together as well? Oh yeah! Like she hates his guts, goes to yell at him. And he's like, "Oh, I really like you." She's like, "Oh, actually, I like you too." Yeah, and then he's like, "Seriously, you know, he's just like it's an awful guy, and just treats her like complete crap." Um, having said that, <laughs> the fit where she flushes their drugs down the toilet, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do, Karen? <laughs> he is pretty good. Oh, my God. I hate to say it, but I do love something about. Ray Liotta. The I bit, don't love that he's supposed to be twenty one. 
Oh man, that never the, checked with me before. Oh man, the the ages in this movie are like. I mean, Joe Pesci's supposed to be like a twenty year old and or twenty five year old, and like they're all supposed to be younger. And De Niro's supposed to be twenty seven or twenty eight. It was like, oh, uh, I mean, he's flawless. He's fine. <laughs> he he looks the same when he first walks in, and then uh, it's not. I mean, the time makeup. Actually, no, makeup's not an excuse because makeup was good then. Look, I refer to this movie very regularly. Um, one being the uh, when they make the pasta sauce in the prison, and you cut the garlic so thin that it melts in the pot with the <laughs> and also okay. uh, me and my wife have a running joke of um, and like a couple of people know like you know when <laughs> Karen goes to see Robert De Niro, and she and he says like oh just go down that shop just go down a little bit further and like there's two guys in the shop waiting yeah, for it. Yeah. Like it's um whenever like um I point something out to me, like, oh no, let's go down a little bit first. <laughs> um, oh man, that scene is awesome. Um, so look, my my biggest gripe, well not my biggest gripe, but like um, I don't like how he breaks the fourth wall at the end too. Like yeah. when he's on the stand, he's like, you know, we fucked it up. Um, and the weirdest thing of all is the last scene you see is him looking at the camera and then cutting to Joe Pesci shooting at the screen. And then cutting back to him, it's like, Joe Pesci is dead. And it's like, and I know that they're saying like, oh, it's because, you know, you never know what's like, if there's another like mobster around the corner sort of thing. But like, just pick a random mobster guy. Don't get Joe Pesci. <laughs> like, why would you get someone who like, he's definitely dead in the movie. My issue um, is at the very start. Mm-hmm. So like, obviously watching a lot of horror films, you know, all you see is gore and murder. Yeah. But that first, the guy in the boot, oh yeah, <laughs> like that's a real brutal start. And I was having my dinner at the time, and that scene comes up. I'm like, well, I don't know if I can watch this. It's also because I think Dennis Farina is like an Italian version of my dad, so I don't. That's true. <laughs> it's like that's really hard to watch. Yeah. Um, but that's really full on. I mean, it it, it starts. And then after that, I'm like, I actually, yeah, I remember why I like this movie so much as a kid. Look. In and parts. It starts, and like this this really sort of like is a bit sort of thumbing your nose at movies, but I recently rewatched all the Godfathers again. And it used to be that I think like when you're like in your, your teens and your 20s, it's Goodfellas Casino over Godfather of Time. Yep. I think as you get older and you start... I haven't to, seen Godfather, but completely agree. But like if as you... Well, as I've got older and I've like watched it again and like you start to sort of maybe, I don't know, you appreciate different things a bit more godfather's yeah. now taking my top mob movie now Ooh. and now goodfellas is more like the sort of like goodfellas goodfellas is like the punk version of the sleepers count as a mob film there's a bit of hmm. a bit of mob in there does that count we class that <laughs> no sleepers is hard to watch yeah. <laughs> rapey bacon oh man it's so like i think i've watched that it's like one I watch every like 10 years and I'm like, oh. But it's also one if it's ever on TV, yes. you got to watch it. Yeah. So just don't watch TV. <laughs> is that, um, is DiCaprio on that as one of the young kids or is it? Uh, I feel like he is. Is he? But I, it's been a long time It could now. be a different, yeah. Um, so I'll read out the rest of the movies that came out in the month of September. Postcards from the Edge with uh, Carrie Fisher and Meryl Streep. Death Warrant, Hardware, Repossessed, White Hunter, Black Heart, King of New York, Pacific Heights, and Dark Angel. 
Now, did you see any of these? I watched Pacific Heights, uh, <laughs> the rest of which I I think I might have seen Death Warrant. Death up. Warrant was um, I I this is I've been watching a lot more genres that I wouldn't normally sort of get into. A lot more Jean Claude Van Damme movies because he made one every like three months apparently. <laughs> he, I think, there's something about him that puts him out above the rest of like Steam Seagal, Stallone, all that stuff. Like he's got a certain thing about him that I like that I that I'll I'll, I'll give him way more leeway than like a Seagal film. Like I feel like there's more sincerity and yeah. skill with Vent. Van Damme's more of like your Bruce Lee style. I think he's trying to do a good effort, whereas I think like Steven Seagal just couldn't give a shit. Like I, I try to watch Out for Justice for 1991, and I, I lasted as one of the only films I've actually turned off, and I can't. I'm not gonna watch it because I can't stand him. Like he's still Under Siege one and two. I'm pretty sure he's such a piece of shit though. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Van Damme, uh, Death Warrant is uh, Van Damme goes undercover in a prison. Uh, because uh, prisoners are being killed and they don't know why. Um, lots of, uh, you know, big high kicks and <laughs> lots nice. of stuff. Um, but this is this is what they, they're killing. Um, so the district attorney, is, is his wife needs a liver transplant and he can't get her bumped up the list of donors. So he then is starting to kill healthy. He gets them, like, checked out by the doctor at the prison. Oh, clever. And then like kills them and then harvests the organs. Then they, And he got her one, but then he's like, I can make some money. And then like, so he just keeps doing it. And now he's just huh. killing, killing prisoners for their, for their organs, which is a really decent plot. Yeah. There's a serial killer put in there too. Like, I don't know why he's in there, but like, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, if they're in there for life, uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're just gonna waste the organs anyway. Um, repossessed. I only remember because um, I did a. Did you have to do work experience when you were in high school? Yeah. Yeah, I did my work experience at Harris Scarf, which is a retail store here in South Australia, and um, I was in the audiovisual section, which had the big bank of TVs, and mm-hmm. they're all playing Repossessed with oh. Leslie Nielsen oh. on like twelve televisions, and it's. I can. I just remember it's bad. Never heard of it. It's like a, it's a um a spoof on Exorcist. Oh, and I Linda it was Blair's be like a repossession. No, like Linda it. Blair's actually in it too. Oh, that's yeah. Um, <laughs> Dark Angel. I watched. It's basically like Predator Two, but just really, really bad. Um, it's got Dolph Lundgren in it. Ooh. Uh, but Pacific Heights. Let's talk about Pacific Heights. Because <laughs> man, I don't know how to. This is this is the movie. So it uh, stars Matthew Modine, that guy that. You look at and then forget instantly. <laughs> the guy that you've probably seen in an army film somewhere. He's in Dark Knight Rises. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's done war films. <laughs> I always get mixed up with Carrie Yules. No. Yeah. No, Carrie's the worst. Um. So, and then it's got Melanie Griffith in it too. Uh, Michael Keaton plays a guy that basically uh, gets himself. Rents himself apartments from people and then like uh, just doesn't pay rent and basically squats in there until they forcibly yeah. remove him. And just I, they don't really cover like what's actually happening. No, but from what I can ascertain, he's got this huge family trust that won't give him any money because he's 
They think he's mentally ill, yeah. Oh, is that? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but then he goes to these apartments and guts them and sells everything inside. Like the but then he also takes the, the identity of the owner of the last thing. So, like, yeah. he, he comes in. So, we, we see him. Um, firstly, we see some uh, steamy Batman action at the start of this movie. I was a little bit sad when I saw the cast and I saw who was in it. I was like, oh, classic 90s. She's the best. Yeah. In all those vacation films. Oh, no, because there is one when you when you do. See, I never thought you'd actually see Beverly D'Angelo naked. They always just kind of tease it. Yeah, vacation, yeah. Vacation. And it's like, that's the first thing you see. She, quite a departure from the, <laughs> from the vacation films in yeah. this movie. So Michael Keaton, um, we see him. The first time we see him is he's him and Beverly D'Angelo are just having some some steamy moments there. And then he gets the absolute shit kicked out of him. Does he? Um. And he, he gets ha- punched a couple of times, and he and has he some crayon on his and face. And he has some, oh, he has some very, very uh, bright red blood. Yeah, <laughs> um, as was the style at the time. <laughs> and then he gets into, um, so then he moves to San Francisco, and like, there's so many movies set in San Francisco, and I think I've got a, for some reason I've got an affinity for um, movies set in San Francisco. I don't know why. It's a pretty um, place, Mrs. Doubtfire. Matthew Modine um, and Melanie Griffith have just bought this place. He kind of talks her into it. He's a bit, a bit of a piece of shit in this movie. Oh, he's the worst. Yeah, um, he, I'll handle it. <laughs> He, he's, he's got like a, a hair trigger temper. Um, so they basically, it's like they, they build, they, they buy this big house and they've got two apartments underneath them that they're going to rent out. And they rent it out. Well, Michael Keaton basically lies and gets himself in there and then just won't leave. He changes the locks. He's got a weird dude named Craig. Yeah. He's, he's just, he's just there. Um, and Apparently gutting the place and filling it with roaches. Oh yeah, so basically they they start the tenants next door complain about roaches, and um, you find out that Michael Keaton's infesting them with roaches. And was that just to upset people? I, I think don't it's know just the... to, to piss them off because like, and then he's basically um, it's kind of I guess it's kind of single white femaley, like he's a bit sort of yeah. He yeah. um he basically makes it look to the cops that. Matthew Modine, the landlord, is actually the aggressor, and like, well, he is, and he is like, he like he doesn't make a, a good case for himself. You almost root for Batman at one point. Oh like, man, why is this guy such a dick? You're in the right. Yeah, don't be such a dick. Melanie Griffiths is the star. Like, she is the shining light of this movie because, like, the last half an hour is basically her hunting down about what Michael Keaton's all about, and like, she is just like, like that entire that that should have been way more of the movie. No, because that's the whole storyline of like the strong, powerful man and she's under the thumb like she can't do anything. He doesn't let her do anything because he'll handle it. Obviously can't handle it. She's like, all right, just hold my beer. I got this. <laughs> and just steps out of nowhere and it's a superstar. He gets kicked out of the apartment and is not allowed back because Michael Keaton has a restraining order against him. Rightfully so. And it cuts to him at his mate's place, and he is having a fucking great old time. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and Melly Griffiths is like alone in her apartment with Michael Keaton below her, and he's like made some stupid like model of the house and said like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm still a bit of a psycho. And she's like, oh, I'm feeling. And then she calls up Matthew Modine and says, oh, I'm just feeling a bit worried about you. And he's like, oh. I'm, no, right. I'm having a great time. <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> when um, they first cut to her in the house, I was like, why wouldn't she go with him? Why don't they both stay somewhere else? And then he's like, oh, why don't you come here? <laughs> As an afterthought. <laughs> I mean, 
don't take my place on the couch because I really like it. He's the worst. Yeah, he is actually really bad. There's he, like, and there's a weird. There's that bit where he turns off the gas and the electric the electricity, and like he does this bit where he does this little dance, um, and it's like the director said, like, "All right, you've turned off of Michael Heaton's like gas and electric, and you're feeling pretty happy about it. How would you express that, Matthew Modine?" And he does this weird like, yeah. It looks like he's supposed to be flipping him off. Yes, but he doesn't. But he, he just doesn't. His arms up and is like <laughs> waving around. I'm. I need you. We need to find that to put on the Instagram. Ah. Just to like, it's just so bad. So it's so bad. Uh, before we move on, um, yeah. I, look, I, I, I don't think I rated this. I'm really digging uh, early '90s thrillers at the moment, and like '1991's got so many of them. So I gave it a two and a half. I think it was a really decent, um, uh, you know, mid. Mid-range thriller. I probably would have gone two and a half. Yeah. Just because it, it was a little bit different. It was a bit weird. I mean, I could have done without seeing it, but it wasn't terrible. There's another movie that I didn't put on the list, but I um, found out was also released called Narrow Margin. That's a pretty good movie. It's uh, got Gene Hackman, and he has to. He's basically plays a district attorney of LA, and a witness goes to Canada to hide out because she witnesses the murder. Um, and... He has to get her back, and it's on a train. They go from a train, um, all, like all through rural um, Canada, and it's it's really cool. There was another film that wasn't on the list. Um, a listener has pointed out that we haven't covered any filthy foreign films. Oh, and there was a uh, the longest running South Korean series of erotic films, or just films in general. Okay, um, Madame Aima. Ooh. Uh, there was like 11 or 12 of them. Saucy. And the fourth uh, installment came out in September of that year. Oh. Haven't been able to find it. <laughs> um, I imagine it's just a lot of... Are you able to... Are you allowed to... Do... <laughs> Is it... Uh, I, I assume it's just R. <laughs> okay. I didn't look that much into it. Um, well, there you go. But maybe in the future we will... Uh, we might delve more into the... Be a bit more diverse with the films that we cover. Into the erotic. <laughs> erotic. Um... Oh, I watched the Madonna concert film that we talked about earlier this season, The Truth of Dare one, where she was doing She was going to get arrested? Yeah. Really good. Because she was thrusting? It's really good. Is there a lot of thrusting? There's, it shows the cops saying that we're going to shut you down in Canada. Nice. Sorry, you. We got <laughs> you can't be thrusting. Sorry to do this to you. <laughs> you can't be thrusting. Um, <laughs> that's probably one of the better times I've done with a Canadian accent. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get on the TV. All right. Before we start recording, I I showed Ben something that I... Because you have to watch this to believe it, that it actually happened. Did you know anything about it before? All I knew about it, I've been watching these uh, documentaries. They're actually produced by Tom Hanks. Um, One's called The 90s, one's called The 2000s. He... So, like, they, they, they do a TV episode in the 90s one, and he actually says, like, there was this show called Cop Rock which is basically Law and & Order and um, Broadway musicals put together. And that's what it is. How did it get that name? I it's implore musicals. you. musicals. Why would they have the word rock? I implore you, if you can, well, you obviously can because you have a computer, go to, you, go to YouTube, search up Cop Rock and just like... Also, do you think we could get Tom Hanks on if he's into the 90s? Yes. Cool. He was already... Oh, he went back now. He was filming in Australia. Oh, yeah. Uh, we could zoom in. Yeah. We'll put it out there. Sorry, YouTube, Cop Rock. Uh, so. I guess do it. It's basically Law and & Order and, and, and a Broadway musical. So, um, Is it Law and & Order, though? 
Well, it's, from what I saw, it didn't. It, mm. Apparently, uh, so I only watched the first. I watched the pilot episode, but apparently, it tackled way more like it tackled like drug addiction and abortion and lots of stuff like way better than like a lot of the actual contemporary cop shows. Oh. It's just that then they went into like they'll have like about four or five songs an episode, and that was what everyone thought was pretty weird. Yeah, it was pretty weird. Yeah, Randy Newman did the theme song. I forgot to show you that. Oh, uh, wow! Under the gun. <laughs> um, and the weirdest thing about that is, <laughs> it's the theme song for the show, and it's got the actors from the show, but they're not in character. They're the actors basically watching Randy Newman do the theme song to the show. What? It's really weird. Like it's like. You know how like um some sitcoms uh, back in the day like at the end of it when they did the um they did the credits they'd freeze on them when they're like laughing off camera sort of yeah. thing it's like that but it's the entire like uh, opening credits of the show is them watching Randy Newman just pound out under the gun <laughs> and um is Randy Newman okay <laughs> there's even, there's like songs about like we watched um one about. Um, uh, African Americans being arrested in the street. We watched one about a um, the New York City, uh, no, the LA com- commissioner. Like the one in the street was alright. Like they were kind of just rapping about what was happening, and that's probably the best one of the, their situation. Yeah. The, the one you skipped to the police commissioner. She's just singing about where she's from. Yeah, and she's on a table. Like, is that amazing. relevant? The best one though, if if you go to the the, the the pilot and in the courtroom, and they're about to read the verdict. And first the judge points at the guy and says, hit it. And a guy just out of nowhere uncovers a keyboard and starts playing. And, there's, <laughs> then, <laughs> and the lights go down. And the lights go down. And the, and the jury foreman's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And the principal from Buffy was in it. It was, yeah. Quite the cast. I was so happy when I found this. It's just a shame the quality's not too sharp. No, no. I think there's, there's better quality out there, but... Um, Hopefully. I mean, look, in 10 years' time... Well, not 10 years' time, but like, you know, a few years' time, they had Glee. No one complained about that. Well, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is an amazing show, by the way. Do they sing in that? Yeah, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend's awesome. Do they sing about what's happening in the show? Yeah. Or do they sing about the fact that I'm from Delaware? Oh, I didn't even make note. The commissioner says, I'm from Delaware. 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 Let's go to Delaware. <laughs> um, yeah. There's, um, if you want to look into it um, even more, um, AV Club on... Uh, search AV Club and they've got an oral history of uh, Cop Rock and it's pretty good. So. Wow. Johnson and Friends haunts um, my dreams to this day. Oh, what? I love Johnson and Friends. Fucking stupid show. Oh, it's the best. Um, no, the best show. Remember I took that DVD home? <laughs> Yeah, dude. Uh, we actually have this, and this is going to be a big thing. So September um, each year is when America does their um, pilots. It's when they get like the new shows are like. Well, actually, it's not even pilot season. It's when they actually um, commission new shows to start. So a lot of um, ones to get through today. I'll just go through quickly the American ones. Um, Parker Lewis can't lose mm-hmm. is a really good show. Um, it's actually like Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, okay. Kind of, it's about three uh, three kids in uh, high school, but it's got that sort of the main kid Parker Lewis can sort of like he's just he's like a kind of like Ferris Bueller the TV show. Okay, yeah, do I like Do I know this kid? Nah, you wouldn't. No. I mean, if you looked at, if you watched a bunch of the Parker Lewis uh, episodes, um, you'll notice people from all in the nineties. Like, 
actually one of the guys it's weird because um he makes a reference to Blade Runner um and I'm like okay how weird is it that it's like it's like a it's a sitcom kind of aimed at kids but also adults too but like making jokes about Blade Runner and it's like they'll get it would they <laughs> had anyone seen Blade Runner at that point yeah had they I feel like it didn't do very well it was a cult hit Exactly. <laughs> Tiny Tunes Adventures, um, basically like the precursor for uh, Animaniacs. Nice. So you had um, uh, Buster and Babs Bunny. Uh, really, really good show. Yeah. Loved it. Watched a lot. Um, really hard to get a hold of these days in any. Um, I don't know. We like um, one of the options on like I, I checked this site called Just Watch, and one of the one of the streaming services Microsoft. What I got no idea like what they do. I think. Yeah. You probably need Windows 98 to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Planet. Uh, nice. We didn't listen to him. No. <laughs> no, we did not. Um, there was two uh, environmentally based uh, themed shows that came out. This um, this is the first one. I love Captain Planet. I think it still holds up today. Um, there is... Um, I just want to. I also want to show you. Well, I'm gonna talk at you. Okay. <laughs> um, the guest voices they got um, to on, do on mostly the mostly the uh, the villains and stuff. It was for like adults at the time watching it, or are we supposed to? Have not oh no! Just, just like I mean, I, I just I found it weird that like they they just got that they could have got this many decent sort of um, characters like so. Uh, and a lot of them were like one-offs and then they got someone else to do the, the voice after. But Jeff Goldblum did a voice in there. <laughs> uh, John Ratzenberger, um, Ed Asner. You've got um, Maurice, Maurice LaMarche who would do like heaps of like oh, Simpsons yeah. and yep. um, Futurama. I know the name. Uh, you had Meg Ryan did a voice. Um, Gaia was done by um, Whoopi Goldberg for a few seasons. Tim Curry. Nice. Um James Coburn. Pizza. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we're watching Pacific Heights and um, his credit card declined. <laughs> Stolen <laughs> credit, credit card. card. Sorry, Whoopi Goldberg. We love you. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't wait for 91. Um Widget the World Watcher also came out. Do you remember that show? No. So that was another like um, uh, environmentally based one. Um, little Purple Dude. Uh, didn't run for as long as Captain Planet, but I remember them both being after each other like on whatever. It sounds kind of familiar, but... Um... If you... You know what? I'm going to annoy everyone and I'll do the theme song because it will get stuck in your head because it's been stuck in mine for the oh, last great. few days. And then can you just edit it out after you've done it? Nope. Ooh. I mean, it's not in my head yet. I don't remember that guy at all. Oh, 
I feel like that cartoon would make people want to hurt the environment more <laughs> than help it. <laughs> oh man, that you're not wrong. Like fuck you, you stupid purple fuck. Hang <laughs> it by V8 now. It's like you've undone all the good that Captain Planet did. Yeah. Last like, before you. Uh the Fresh Prince Bella. Ooh. Which I have been now I so I, I hadn't watched it for years. And you went I went back and watched them? I watched the first four episodes and I didn't really even realise I was into the fourth episode. I'm like, man, this is actually like decently um Wow. It's a really good it's a it's a really funny T V show. Um Will Smith is just so good in it. I just can't believe yeah. it. I, it, I, you're just taking for granted now. This is like that's just Will Smith, that's what he does. Was it also uh slightly altered for you because the last time you really thought about it was Jersey Girl? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I look, I think I've still got to get, I'm gonna get keep going. I only run for four seasons, but I think I'm gonna watch more and more because man, it was really, really funny. Well I guess you got four more years. I'll keep covering it. Um, I just want to do a quick thing because um, I did realize that also one of my favorite shows from my childhood uh, started airing in this during this time. It's from uh, the UK. It was called Press Gang. What? Press Gang was a show about a a newspaper that was run by oh, sounds terrible kids or by, 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 by high school students. <laughs> um, it's got uh, Julia Swaller in it, who is um, in absolutely fabulous. She's Jennifer Saunders' daughter in absolutely oh, yeah, fabulous. Yeah. And it's also got, um, so do you remember Soap from Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels? Yes. And he just directed Bohemian Rhapsody. Is he the little one? Yeah. yeah I think um, so, yeah. Dexter Fletcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he um, he's in it too. He plays Spike, the American. Um, it is. It was also written by Stephen Moffat, who went on to do like Doctor Who. Mm. Um, it's such, like, I went back and I watched the first episode and i was like way back i was like yep give me some more it was amazing <laughs> so um it all uh is and they covered like again way more than like what i mean i don't watch like a lot of contemporary like shows aimed at like teenagers but like you know it dealt with um like drug abuse like child abuse there was like this really mm. awesome episode where um it was told in flashback and you heard at the start of the episode that one of the newsroom had been shot because um, they were in a okay. siege and it was a, it was a two-parter and I, I rem- the reason I remember it is because it was the first time I it was all that was on my mind at school the next day because it was going to be aired the next afternoon and like it was like this is what this, th- that, that made me fall in love with TV I was just like man I'm, I'm so I don't give a shit what teachers are saying or anyone's saying I just want to <laughs> go home and watch Press Gang and find out who got shot that's probably why they don't let kids watch shows like that anymore binging it doesn't really matter like it's you can just fucking yeah yeah i think i think that really um in that respect i do love streaming services but man i i I think i do like uh week by week episodes still on the uh the childhood going back to your shows we mentioned last episode about nita hadn't watched shows in the 90s (laughs) yeah or any show. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Neither hates TV. Um, but how many people I've discovered, like I've asked around a few people, not many people watch shows out of their generations. Like you'll go back to albums or films before yeah. your time, but going to a TV show before your time is a big commitment to something that isn't of your time. And I think it's because you I need to say the word time a bit more. <laughs> I think it's because you, 
a TV show is really something that you grow with. So like you yeah. watch it every like basically especially back when we didn't have binging. So it's like you grew up with these characters and like you sort of went along with every one of the the trials and tribulations that they sort of went through. And it's just like oh like it, it it's it's special. And then when you see you try to go back to the eighties or seventies, like I don't really watch like watching seventies and eighties TV shows apart from Aurora. Um, <laughs> but like I mean even like um like Quantum Leap and stuff like that. Like I like them. Yeah. But like I don't have that connection with them. Yeah. And I'm the same like thinking back I can't think of any shows that I've watched or would watch that were released before I was born. Yeah. I, I know um, a couple of uh, the younger people I used to work with at Sanity like they used to love like the OC and stuff like because that's what they grew up with but like yeah. I've just got no point of reference for that at all. Yeah. It's the same with us and like Friends and Seinfeld you just assume that everyone watched it because oh. it was so groundbreaking Seinfeld. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right, so that is our massive TV section for this uh, week. Um, let's go on to music. All right, so we had... Uh, A forgettable month. Well, let's check the charts first. Okay. And what is this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. still there. Um, the If you listen to our last episode, we introduced our friend Nita to... Mike Patton's penis. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> and also uh, John Bon Jovi's "Blaze of Glory" uh, was um, the nickname for his penis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also had in the US, uh, John Bon Jovi was also there. Wilson Phillips, yeah, "Release Me," and Nelson can't love Nelson or Nielsen. Nielsen, maybe I'll check with, with, with an eye. Have you got anything? You got uh, any comments on music? Have you got any sports? I've always got sports. Oh, fuck, you should have told me back in the events. Well, the events oh, are over so quickly. Events. Let's pause music and go to sports. Off you go. Okay. Uh, it was... I probably should have mentioned it earlier because it was a big month for sports. Oh, really? September. No? Okay. Um, I didn't mention last month that I probably should have the Leeds United were back in the uh, top division of English football. No one cares. Big news. Um, the AFL Grand Final happened. Who was in that? Uh, that was the Collingwood Magpies and the Essendon Bombers. And who won? Collingwood won, unfortunately. Do you care, though? Um, probably not back then, no. Um, the SNFL Grand Final also happened. Yep. Um... Magpies won again. I don't want to hear about that one because is that the North one? No, that was uh, Glenelg Tigers. Lost. Oh, that was eighty nine of the yeah. Can't wait till next year. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be a touchy subject for a lot of people because after that, Glenelg apparently uh, was just rotted of all their good players and coaches. Oh, for a, a new AFL team the following year. Who was that? The Silly Nannies. <laughs> yes, the Adelaide Silly Nannies. <laughs> um, we had the. 11th Asian Games. Ooh. So it's like an Olympics, but just for the Asian nations, which I didn't know that happened. I guess it's like the Commonwealth Games, right? Yeah, I guess so. Same sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm pretty sure China won it. I can't remember. I didn't write that down. <laughs> <laughs> it's not important. Uh, Berlin Marathon, I assume is running. Remember last month when I said there was a US Open? Golf or tennis? <laughs> <laughs> it was tennis <laughs> because Pete Sampras doesn't play golf. Oh, okay, cool. And the, he was the male winner, and the women's winner was uh, Sabatini. 
Oh yeah. Don't know who that is. They've also got like boys and girls winners. Isn't that weird? There'd be like an under eighteen section or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I found that very odd. Very um cool. and the Italian Grand Prix. Remember who the won? Grand Prix? Nigel Mansell? No, he wasn't even on the podium. Oh. Uh Senna, Prost and Berger. Remember Berger? Mm, Berger. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love F1 kids as a game just so I could be burger. I remember yeah, Nigel Mantle, he, he always looked like the stereotypical Englishman. Yeah. It's just like, ah. Uh, you Phil know, Collins' brother. <laughs> Let's not start that. You got anything else? We're going to dip back into music. Back into music. Will's head had Nelson with Can't Live Without Your Love. Look at these dudes. Midnight oil? Ugh. I was... Um, the album's called After the Rain. I would recommend anyone to look at the front cover of that album because it's amazing. I'm going to take the front cover of the album and replace their faces with a different Nelson. And improve it tenfold. Um, and then you also released me by Wilson Phillips. Uh, what else? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking banger. Um, I do. Uh, you know what? I've actually, unironically listened to Michael Bolton, that song again. <laughs> I was uh, like, that's such a good song. Yeah. We also had, uh, Violet, Vin- B- Vanilla. <laughs> Vanilla Femmes? Violent Femmes? Vanilla Ice to oh. the Extreme came out, which also had uh, music that does not bear any likeness wouldn't to... Wouldn't even mention it. No, I no, wouldn't. Because people would be confused. <laughs> and then we've also got uh, Two Fires by Jimmy Barnes. Jimmy Barnes! Um, do you not like Jimmy Barnes? No. Okay. I don't. Pick an accent. <laughs> Uh, we also had um, Ragged Glory by Neil Young, mm. Under the Red Sky by Bob Dylan, mm. uh, the self-titled Rembrandt's album. You know what? The other day I found out that um, they didn't write I'll Be There For You. It was written by a, um, a songwriter that she's written like a bunch of other like hit singles. Wow. Yeah. I hope that person got some of the money because they would have retired on that. Oh, yeah. Um the Neighborhood by Los Lobos, which I really like the album. I listened to that quite a bit. Not as good as the Arcade Fire version. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure you call it version. <laughs> um, Mama Said Knock You Out by LL Cool J. Ladies Love. No, they don't. Uh, Unison by Celine Dion. First English uh, oh. spoken album by her. Oh, She's she's too French, right? Um, ACDC raises edge. I thought it was just like a spoken album. With a spoken word, Um, yeah. ACDC raises edge. If you want to hear more about that, we uh, did a mini episode about that. Don't want to hear. Uh, Some people's lives by Bette Midler. I probably should have listened to that. Actually, I feel like I I wouldn't hate Bette Midler. Uh, X by In Excess, which for some reason you don't like. I don't know. Do you like In Excess? Yeah, I do a lot. Maybe they've just been overdone for it. There was a period where I did like them and kind of appreciate them. Now I'm just like, nah. Uh, Warrant, which also had this. I'm scared. I can't remember what trash they did, but I feel like it's trash. Uh. 
Yeah. I'd love to not be four years old in 1990 <laughs> and just sit through and be like, is this as cheesy? And we will put the clip it? on for that and it's like, it's... Will we? Yeah, because it's, okay. it's fucked up. Still makes... You know what? It actually just reminds me of Wayne's World. I don't, I don't think they're on Wayne's World, but that, that shit, like... Wayne's World was all about that sort of old late 80s, 90s cockroach shit. Yeah. Is it a fucked up clip though or is it just terrible? It's not fucked up, it's just... It's... I just remember pies falling from the sky <laughs> and guys jumping around. Yeah, probably that. We also had... Uh, the Flaming Lips came out with an album and we also had... I didn't see that one. The Flaming Lips? Yeah, they're that old. <laughs> yes, they're that old. <laughs> wow. Um, That's... I, I had no idea they'd been around for that long. Good for uh, them. There's actually quite a few albums that I liked because um, they're kind of in, in my sort of wheelhouse. So we, um, I really liked the, the self-titled Super Chunk album. Super Chunk's one of my favorite bands. So that was um, uh, their first. Replacements came out with one too. Uh, is towards the end of their career. So it's like, it's not regarded as that great, but it's, it's still a pretty decent solid album. Um, and I'm a huge, huge, huge Soul Asylum fan. Yeah. Um, which a lot of people that's the that's the correct response. <laughs> um and they came out with one of my favourite albums, um, and the horse they came in on. Um it's uh it's got We Three from Chasing Amy in it. Oh. Um it's a really good album if you like what do you call it? Wuss Rock <laughs> <laughs> Pussy Willows <laughs> Crap Rock. <laughs> um yeah, they're okay. They're all right, it's just like I there's a lot of bands from the nineties that I'm very alone in liking and that is definitely one of them. They're not the kind of band you'd be ashamed to like, but it's not something you'd be proud of. No, yeah, I'm proud of it. Um What's the opposite of shame? So before this runaway train oh. <laughs> uh leaves the station, uh it's it's that's it, we're done. September nineteen ninety is closed. Oh, so the train can leave the station. The train, yeah, I Look, I'm not good at puns. <laughs> um, thank you for listening to us uh, once again. Uh, and we will see you. And now I know for a fact you're not on the next one because I already recorded the next one. I mean, what if something happened? <laughs> so unless I lose the file, yeah, who knows? Um, you will be hearing uh, me and Mr. Music, Andrew Golding, next week. Um, the guy who does the music for us on the podcast here. But until then, I will see you later. Bye, everyone. Thank you once again for listening to Living in the Past. Got some awesome people to thank at the end of the show here. Andrew Golding does our music for us. You can check out his stuff at www.antigold.bandcamp.com. Rebecca Sheedy, she does our artwork. You can check out her stuff on Instagram at mildscribbling. Send us an email at livingthepastpod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram. You can check out letterbox.com following PD Lumsden and check out the movies that we've been talking about this season. You can check out the music we've been talking about on the podcast by going to Spotify and searching Living in the Past podcast and then the month that you want to check out. Want to help us grow the show? Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or tell your neighbour, tell your friend, tell your mother. It all helps. And until next time, as we always say, sit back, look back and relax. Relax.